All right, good morning, everybody. Mike Courtney here, Mass Mutual Eastern Pennsylvania Brokerage Director, and I am joined on a beautiful summer Wednesday morning by Steve Parisi, President and CEO of IBC Global. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Mike. How you doing? You just had a nice hearty breakfast. You're fueling up after your work. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I am. Long run. Been hitting the pull-ups again, so I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling strong. We're having uh, fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we were just talking about um, sales and sales tactics, and um, you know some of the training that you've done with your team. Um, you know something that I've struggled with over the years working with clients. I never did a lot of personal production. And as long as I've been in this space, I never really had any kind of aim or desires to be a financial advisor or to work directly with clients just because um, I don't really like to sell. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, told, I, had a, I went on a, on a joint meeting one time with one of my advisors uh, because I was, I was pretty adept in, uh, in the product and uh, in the, the, you know, whatever the, the proposal was. And he wanted me to come along as an expert. And he was trying to get me to close his client, really. He wanted to, you know, he was kind of soft relationship guy and he was bringing me in to, to be the closer. And I warned him ahead of time, like, you know, I'm not a closer. And he said, um, I'll help you. And I said, I don't really want help. I'm not trying to be a closer. You know, like I'm not trying to sell your client who you've known for 20 years and I just met five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. um, so it just was something that never really appealed to me. And I've noticed that, you know, you guys don't employ those same kind of sales tactics that most sales organizations do. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no trickery, no subtle, you know, this is how you can, you know, kind of, you know, trick isn't the right word, but this is how you can get the client to, to say yes and, and write yeah. the check that literally everyone else, every other sales organization in the world employs to a certain extent. Got it. Um, yeah. Personally, I hate that stuff. I hate being on the other side of that. If someone's yeah. trying to pressure me in a situation, Terrible. really. And when you look at the, call it the psychology of the situation, when I'm not ready to move forward. And that's often what happens when someone can't properly discern a situation and they try to close too early. They ask a question that they don't have the relationship or the rapport built, whatever it might be. Um, but none of that stuff is appealing at all to me. Um, like our company, we don't, we don't ask for the check. We don't do any closing, none of that kind of stuff. Really, if I were to summarize what our company does, it's education-based sales, if you want to call it that. We're teaching people how to set up whole life insurance policies for maximum cash value, what you should look for, how to maximize the value, the flexibility, how, can you, how you can use it with loans, what to be aware of, everything and anything, like a huge database of information. And then you've got personal contacts that you can get questions or answers to any questions you have. And it's information. If, if you were to call our 800 number and I picked up the phone or anyone did, you're going to hear IBC Global, what can I get you information on? That's it. What can I get you information on? See exactly what the individual's interested in, where they want to start, and take it from there. Whether they're ready to go, they're at the very beginning, you've got to go through the basics. <laughs> like you just have to maneuver through the situation. But it's it's a hundred percent education based from the beginning 
And then as you progress through through the process and someone is getting close to, to being ready to move forward, they're looking at a, a high cash value life insurance policy, they want to move forward, but they're nervous to move forward themselves. They don't want to commit to it. And this is often where sales training comes into play to say, okay, what can you say to move that person across the finish line? And one thing that came up during our training yesterday, someone said, well, you know, at an organization I used to be, that I used to work at, uh, what they would say is, what do we need to do to make a deal happen today or get things to move forward today? And I said, okay, to say something like that, you've got to... Hate, I'd hate to hear that. As I, like, I would say, you would turn me off immediately. Yeah. That's what I let her know. But she's like, well, I would like that if someone did that to me, which is a, a learning experience. So we know that can be effective. On some some people want to be pushed. Yeah. Yeah. So the question that I, I asked to follow up is like, okay, so you're trying to figure out what can get the individual to move forward today. Let me ask this. If I asked you this question, hey, from your research thus far, Mike, did you have a time frame in mind as far as when you wanted to start the policy? Can you get the same outcome? Right. Yes. Do you feel any pressure at all? No, because you're, you're dictating the time frame. It's not today. Correct. I could say tomorrow, which is the same thing, really, you know? Correct. Yeah. And we get a mix of answers. Oh, I got to check with my family first. Oh, I want to start as soon as possible. I wanted to start yesterday. <laughs> we get that. No problem. So why I asked the question is with a cash value life insurance policy, there is underwriting. Sometimes it's quick within a week. Sometimes it's three to six weeks. Can can provide an overview of the process, but just from an awareness standpoint. Um, but my point there is there's different questions and different styles you can implement in your practice that get you to the same outcome. The problem, in my opinion, a problem with some sales training systems out there is people see these one-liners and they try and force it in the conversation too early or when it's just awkward and it just kills the deal. The person's like, no, you just made me very uncomfortable. I don't care what the product is. I don't want to work with you because you made me uncomfortable. Don't you get it? <laughs> the kind of stuff that goes through people's heads. You know, I think unfortunately in our business, the sales trainers oftentimes don't distinguish between um, a, a client interaction and a negotiated sale. Meaning, yeah. you know, there's a big difference between um, buying a house and you're haggling back and forth on price or a car or any kind of negotiation where if you and I are negotiating about something and I think there are reasonable tactics to draw a line in the sand or to try to promote um, a quick close or now's the point where, you know, we want to shut this down. There are some reasonable tactics there that should be known and understood and employed. That's much different than working with a client in any kind of aspect of financial services um, and trying to get a check to close a case. Yeah, much different. And when it comes to negotiation, like that kind of stuff, I, I hate it. I've never liked it. Me too. But know your value with whatever your service or product is. And then stick to your guns. That that's my advice there because 
if you know that you have a, a certain um, specialty or a service that you are very good at and people want to work with you, you shouldn't have to negotiate. And, and yes, you can you know, give discounts or deals. In our business, we never have to negotiate with a client because the product is what it is when it's right. set up properly. Um, but there's time to negotiations come up if there's another, we had this recently, another agent um, was working with a prospect who wanted to be involved in the case. Um, I felt that he hadn't really done much. We provided everything to the client and he wanted a large chunk of the case. Um, and this agent had a long time relationship with the client, mentioned to me over the phone, like we could just take your design and like take it with the client. I'm like, all right, here's what I'm comfortable with. You know, I offered him like 90, 10, like he can have 10%, like, and that that's it. And if you want to like try and do it on your own, that's fine. If you want to take more, I was very, very specific. You could refer to me as anal in the situation of negotiating. But I'm like, if you want to take more, here's all the stuff we usually do. And I'm not going to do that if you're taking the percentage to do it. Because in the past, we've done that. And the stuff always gets dumped back on us. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I just don't feel right about the situation. And nothing against another agent or anything. But just knowing your value, I'm like, Hey, it is what it is. And if you want to take it, we're fine walking away from it. But this is, if you want us involved, like just based on what's been done from all parties, this is what we're doing. <laughs> Do you, have you found that? Uh, he worked with how us. How I say this. What's that? He did work with us. Yeah. <laughs> At that, uh, that split. I'm yeah. not surprised. Um, it sounded like he was trying to play a little hardball. Um have you have you had problems with your internal sales team in certain situations if they're pressing or if they're under a lot of pressure or stress? Yeah, uh, kind of deviating from from this and and um, yeah, I've struggled with it too, especially in the beginning. When we struggle with with agents and people that work here, it's typically when they're learning, right? It's communication at the end of the day. And my thing is, it took me a long time to learn this. I'm still learning about it every time or every day. So I never want to judge anyone or make them feel judged when they're trying to, to understand not just the business and the product, but how to communicate it as well. So if I see someone that works here that has a willing attitude, can take constructive criticism, is not always defensive and they're going to argue and fight back, like that's someone that I say, okay, like they've got the right motive the right personality, they can make it because they're working on themselves. They practice, right? They do the drills, they do the role yeah. play, they take criticism and okay, I said it this way, I'm more comfortable with it that way, but I realize it doesn't work or it's not the best way to do it. Here's something else I should implement. Um, so yes, you know, we're all human, we're imperfect. So as long well, as I mean, it's totally natural to, you know, have a set of marching orders or a certain kind of mentality yep. of how you're going to handle situations. And then you get into, you know, you're working on a bunch of cases and you're having a bad month and your bills are piled up and, you know, you want to close, you know, you start to look at these as, as deals, you know, you want to close these deals. Got it. Thanks. Right? For, yeah. Thanks for putting it in that perspective. We don't deal with that a whole lot. Um, in the beginning we did, with some some agents and I know that feeling it is so so yeah. difficult you're trying to get your first sale you've got all these bills 
And the client says, it might not even, you know, the way you just said that it might not even be money related. Sometimes it's just like success. You want, you know, you want to put something, something you've been working on for months, like let's put it over the finish line. Oh yeah. We've had cases like that over the years. Like it, it happened, you put everything into it and then it gets delayed. Um, and you know, I, I'm appreciative of that happening so many times over the years because it's a great learning experience. Because when someone says, you, let's pretend you go through a three month, maybe it's a six month underwriting process, could be longer. We've had that. And they say, you know what? I've reviewed everything. My wife and I talked it over. We're just not comfortable moving forward right now. Uh, right? We had a case um, with a million dollars per year, it was two million per year, and a million of it fell off because things were so delayed in underwriting. Yeah. Um, and in that situation, so the, the topic today is sales training. So, Someone I have so much respect for. I still keep in touch with her on a regular basis. Um, she just said, hey, based on this whole process, the extended underwriting, I'm not comfortable moving forward anymore. It's a million per year, right, going in. Years ago, if I would have brought that to a sales manager or someone, they would say, okay, here's some things you should try saying to salvage the deal. But I looked at it and I'm like, you know what? If I'm that person in this situation, and someone tried to force it, I'm gonna be like, dude, get lost. Yeah. So all I said is, hey, I completely understand because I understood the whole situation. No problem. Like, we're always here as a resource, right? There's other things that I, I want to work with them on just as the years pass. Um, still have 50% of the deal. We'll continue to work together. We're a resource. Don't feel bad one bit. I don't want you to feel like that. And they even said, like, it's not you guys one bit. Like, it's just the whole process from an underwriting prospect, from an underwriting standpoint. My thing is, I wanted that person, and every time we run into this, to feel as comfortable as possible. Because when I've said no to someone after a long time of, hey, this is going to happen, it's going to happen. Oh, I'm not going to do it anymore. I feel bad, like guilty because the person put all the time in. So I don't want them to feel guilty or don't want to drag it out and drag them through the mud. Like people do that kind of stuff unintentionally sometimes. I think, I hope it's not intentional. Um, But like, that's what I want to make sure a client never feels like because down the road, like that's really the long-term relationship was what I'm interested in. Um, So if you do things right, you might not get the deal today, but you get a lot more long term, whether it's deals from that person, referrals, hey, they got a good taste in their mouth. But if you mess it up, forget it. You're one of those. And that's all I have to say. (laughs) What kind of content do you do you have content like this on ILS? Yeah, we do. Yeah, a lot of ILS. uh, If you're new to listening to us is Steve's uh, created um, training platform. That's a subscription service. Um, so I would imagine that, you know, on ILS, there's a lot of um, product content. There's a lot of industry content, but also a lot of uh, really good kind of basic sales training yeah. um, that might not be typical to the type of sales training that you've received in the past from your your sales organization. Yeah. Um, that's great. Ideas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> any kind of... Um, any kind of buzz around the office or with your clients about, uh, you know, our current economic state regarding uh, whether it's inflation or um, yeah. um, a recession or, you know, any of these indicators that, you know, what, what are people talking about? Yeah, good question. We were talking about that yesterday, actually, just from what clients are saying, 
stuff going on at the office. And he here's here's what I had to say. My input and, and a couple of people in the office we discussed this is when you look at things right now. If you were to turn on the news or media, look at the stock market. I haven't looked at it today, but it's been been plummeting of late. What is it right now? Maybe it's up today. No, it's going down again. So, right, it's dropped, what, 1,200 points to the Dow in the past three days or something like that. Everyone's panicking. News outlets are saying recession, recession, recession. Inflation is real. Everything's going to happen. Everything's going south. What's interesting about right now compared to past major economic events, negative economic events, like 2008, how many people... Or how many news outlets were saying back in 08, everything is going to crash. It's going down. It's going down. It's going yeah, down. Nowhere. Caught most people by surprise. Yep. You go back to the dot-com bust, which I was in grade school, I think, back then. But my point is, it, when you look at history, how many people knew it was coming, were reporting this is going to happen, compared to complete surprise. Yeah. Right. So right now, where everyone's saying, everyone's saying it's going to go south, it's going to go south. And it could. I'm not a, yeah analyst or anything. I, I don't know. But just looking at trends, typically when everyone's saying, hey, it's going to be good forever, that's when it crashes. When it's going to be bad, you know, th- there's something else going on. That's how I look at it. So I just, when I speak with clients, where I always go here is a crash could certainly happen. What I will state is anytime there's been any kind of economic pullback or stock market crash, the interest, the interest level in high cash value life insurance really increases. That's typically in our business booms for a steady period of time. And the reason for that is people are looking for fixed assets, a safe, liquid, tax-free area to position money. You can access it for other opportunities, all the advantages we always talk about. But when things are going very, very well in the stock market and I can earn high returns elsewhere, I look at a life insurance policy, it's not as attractive. Now, all of a sudden, when reality hits, okay, it's a little scary now, maybe I would like some fixed assets, a nice cash alternative. But I'll never say pull everything out and put it here. No, be properly balanced. Um, But looking at historical trends, that's the kind of stuff I like to look at there to know, all right, we've got all this noise going on, but what's What's actually happening, right? Look at the data and stay calm. Don't panic. That's not going to do anything good for you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We along those lines, we've seen a big uptick in our in our fixed annuity business. That, to yeah. be perfectly honest with you, for the last, you know, I've been with Mass for for ten years now, and the only fixed annuities I was ever involved in were um, SPIAs to fund life large limited pay whole life policies. Yep. I've never. Uh, I just never wrote any other um, fixed annuities at all, which other of my peers did. It just wasn't an area where um, I had any kind of success at all. wasn't really even even trying to. Um, but just recently in the last uh, 60 days, as our annuity rates have ticked up, um, we've seen a big influx of money in that space uh, because it's a great cash alternative. And yeah. it's going to outperform money markets. It's going to outperform um really anything that's that safe mm-hmm. um and i think we can accomplish the same thing over a longer term period with uh 
with whole life and, and cash value life insurance. So I'm, I, I'd be, I'd be, I've, I've always been, especially with my generation. I mean, I guess technically you and I are, are, are kind of different generations. I, I've been curious as to when folks in my generation kind of get back more to basics. Yeah. Um, I think uh, people kind of got wooed by high flying stocks and, and equities and um without really attending to like some some of the basics that go along with uh you know just generic planning and family planning and you know so sometimes stuff like this i I hope shakes some people up in such a way that maybe they scale back spending a little bit save a little bit more and Mm -hmm. and make some smarter choices myself included i mean always um you know, I think I do a lot of the right things. And then I also spend like a drunken sailor sometimes. So, <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. Go back to the fundamentals. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's the key. Just like all right. Great. Um, listen, if anybody has any questions or wants to discuss any of these topics further, uh, anytime, feel free to reach out to myself. I'm Mike Courtney, Mass Mutual Eastern PA Brokerage Director, and Steve Parisi. Uh, President and CEO of IBC Global. Um, anytime you want to chat, feel free to look us up. Steve, have a great rest of the week. You as well. Thanks so Talk much, Mike. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Thanks.